0: For later. Welcome everyone. Today is the 15th of February. I actually was not going to do a show as um, I had a lot to do, but you know, I kind of thought I would just go through history a little bit and come back to today. So we're going to be looking at 2022, but we're also going to be looking at 2018 and 2019. And the question is can you spot the difference? So uh, I'm going to play something. I'm trying to see which one. There we go. I think that's the one that we should do first. I'm going to take you back to April of 2019. Enjoy. Enjoy very much embedded in the old guard. So I'm going to walk you through so you can see the true face of Pence the way I saw it when he chose him. Now, I ran with it. Of course, he picked him. He knows what he's doing because he's a smart guy. But on the other hand, he also has good faith in people. And I'll explain that. There's many people in my life that have caused harm to me, that have... Um, you know, are harmful to me if they're around me. But I never start anyone at anything but a 100%. And when I see that um, they have caused harm to me and they've asked for an apology, I'll take it at 100% and see where they go with it. Because I believe in second chances. Now for President Trump, he didn't have any interactions with Pence. He just knew from his close confidants And some of them were attacked viciously and Pence assisted with that, were wary of the choice, but said, you know, that could just be hearsay to drive us away from picking that person. So they took it with a grain of salt, but had him at 100%. Now here's where he went downhill. We all know that the wife of his chief of staff guy, right, was working on Peter Strzok's team. She actually recused herself. I knew this. I actually pitched this. I said, this is a problem. The minute I saw that it was Pence who said that General Flynn lied to him and it was because of him that Flynn, first of all, was fired by him, I wanted to run a story. I reached out to every single conservative publisher that I've published myself under assume names or have given uh, information to editors and none of them would run it they said no no you know we need to see how this plays out I said guys this is a problem struck organized this he falsified the 302s they went and interviewed him and then Pence fires him this is a setup. No one listened. Fast forward to March. March is where they all sat down together. They all sat down together and discussed things. Discussed things. And now we move forward to April and May. Discussions ensued using the 25th Amendment. What about the wiretapping? Do you know who was in the room? I've said it before. Yes. Rosenstein. Who else? Pence. Who else? Tons of them. Mueller was appointed. Pence knew about it. Pence also knew of bona fide threats to assassinate our president and never once mentioned them. But here's where the clue was. Right after, right around the time that it was decided that Mueller is being appointed. Let's get that clear. Vice President Pence set up his own pack. Why would a sitting vice president set up their own pack? We've seen this movie before. Who did that? Ah, yes. Vice President Bush. Right around the time that President Reagan was shot. So weird, right? Because history always proves the present. So he sets up a pack. I've mentioned this before. And I've been very careful because I get a lot of hate mail from my fans saying I don't, I, I don't agree with you on Pence. I don't like it. I'm not going to listen to this. But I was right. So <laughs> tough. I, the truth does hurt, and obviously, if I know it, the president knows it. So here is where. He set up his own pack. Why would the vice president set up his own pack? Do you want to hear what the excuse was? Oh, it's to uh, get money so that he can support the candidates for the 2018 elections. You mean, <laughs> see, that was in 2019. And I was walking you through 2017 because we're going to walk through time. That way your discernment can work a little bit. That way your discernment can work a little bit. That pack, that pack, right, that um, that I'm talking about that he set up. You know, it's so funny. Where did the guy that set up the pack, Wait, where did the chief of staff go? Oh, that's right. Oh, damn, Tori. What are you trying to say, Tori? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. He went to Georgia. That pack was to help with the mess that we saw. That pack was to help (laughs) all of them regain control. That pack, that was nothing. Shut up, Tori. You don't know what you're talking about, Tori. Oh, Tori, (laughs) Tori, you can't say things like that. Well, where am I right now? Three years later, you're starting to talk about what I've been talking about. See, when I tell people that I had listened to their conversations, I'm not just saying it. We had that documented, and I'm going to show you how documented. So that way you understand where the news really is and where it's not. Because this is, you know, from 2019 in April, where I'm breaking down 2017 to you. I'm going to take you on a ride today. I think it's important that people go on a ride. And it's not so much that, you know, <laughs> oh, well, you know, they, they work differently in the mainstream media, Tori. Um, you know, they, 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 they go by, you know, what's, what's out there. Stop it. The mainstream media is agency. You think they didn't know? Well, okay. A lot of them did not. A lot of them did not. Cause they're just like puppets. Right, they just read a script, but the majority of the talking heads do. Now let's continue. That is complete and utter rubbish, 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 rubbish. Because then we can start talking about how he was in that meeting, how they were talking about who's going to wear a wire, how they were discussing things. We could talk about that. We could talk about how many times he knew of their plan and said nothing. We could talk about McCain's funeral. What did he know? What did he receive? We can also talk about the anonymous op-ed that they all sat down together and crafted. We could talk about all that. But the thing is, the president doesn't want to answer that. But he has. I mean, bottom line is, we're waiting to see how he's going to answer the question to the public, because right now that was released last night. So there's a full working day of talking about what we're going to do about this. So let's continue just to listen to the hints, because this is a hint. The fact that he didn't answer the question on, on it, but he said it's very concerning, right? And it's disheartening to him, correct? Because his number two was plotting against him. Listen to what else he says.
1: And his contacts that he made with Papadopoulos and Carter Page and Sam Clovis. uh, We know about the FISA warrant, as the Grassley-Graham memo said, the bulk of information in the application was the Clinton bought and paid for Russian, of all things, dossier, ignored by the Mueller report, which I'll ask you about in in a second here. But those are two specific incidents of attempts to get into your compa- campaign, your reaction to all that?
2: Well, I think they made many attempts. And then you see the lying and you see the leaking and you see Comey lie to Congress. Nothing happens. You see him leaking. Nothing happens. And this is leaking classified information. This is leaking really big stuff. I remember the young sailor. In fact, I helped him out with his family. because He was Saussure. so unfairly treated, as you know. But I remember he had... Uh, confidential information, which is a much, much lower standard than classified. And uh, they put him in jail for a long time. They took away his life. And uh, then you look at what Hillary Clinton did with 33,000 emails and hundreds of thousands of text messages or emails going through the Wiener uh, server or computer, hundreds of thousands of which many were classified. And nothing happens to her, and yet they put a young sailor on for doing something innocent, uh, showing his mother and his friend what the desk looked like. The desk in a 40-year-old submarine. I think uh, Russia and China would have had that picture many years ago. So it's really a double standard like you've never seen. Very, very unfair. But hopefully that will change. I think that will be changing.
1: Mr. President, closed-door testimony recently revealed, struck in page, that they were laughing at the idea that The Hillary investigation was a real investigation um, and that it went directly into Loretta Lynch's office.
0: Now, let's stop it right there for a second. Now, let me take you somewhere else. I think we need to go to 2018. Let me see. I need to find it. Trying to find the right clip. You know, Um, let's see. Hmm, where is this? Um, 2018. Let's talk a little bit about the DNC and this funding of the dossier. Because a lot of people like to talk shit. Oh, she did it. She did it. She did it. Let's go to um, December of 2018. December of 2018. Four, a little bit less than four years ago four, definitely less than four years ago. It out there that says, hey, I'm weaponizing my office and I'm going to take Trump down. Yeehaw. This is unacceptable. At the time that your law enforcement is literally telling you no one came forward with a crime, but we're going to look for one anyway, just to be sure, because we want to protect America. Really? No, you want to undermine the process of elections because your butt hurt that she didn't win. Your butt hurt that Obama put all his money into it because Obama paid for fusion GPS. And I dare anyone to tell me different because his law firm, Perkins Coy was the one paying fusion GPS and Perkins Coy managed the money of the DNC and president Obama and Hillary for America. And you know, those payments were pretty big. He got 960, 50 something thousand reimbursed to him by the DNC his, his foundation, which used to be Obama for America, then became organizing for America and then became organizing for action, which all links back to the same account in Perkins Coy, the law firm. This is this is where we need to be looking, guys. You don't need to look any further. Look at their law firms. I mean, we just had President Obama's personal attorney, Bauer, you know, who was also the attorney that got Osama bin Laden's bodyguard off. Claiming he was the prisoner of war, you know, as his bodyguard and driver. So any crimes he committed was because he was forced to, because he was Osama bin Laden's, uh, you know, prisoner. It's like, what? And he won. He won. So that guy just stepped down from Perkins Coy. Then we have, you know, the law firm, uh, that's, uh, pretty well cited, uh, representing Hillary Clinton, uh, you know, Wilkie's and, They stepped down. I mean, it's incredible how many people are resigning left and right. But what you need to focus on is not so much the resignations. I mean, you should, like CEOs, senators, city council members, city commissioners, pay attention to that. Fire chiefs, sheriffs, attorney generals, you know, you should pay attention to that. Because these are the people that were tipped off that there are sealed indictments against them. They're all stepping down because they're going to ruin the company. This is where the leaks happen when they know, you know, some of them are not leaked, but whatever. Some are leaked and they step down or, you know, they've already started the whole process. Hey, you're going to be indicted, man. You've come to the grand jury, you know, and that company is not willing to put their name on it. So they're getting rid of you now in a deal to say, He's going to go, but please give us, please give us time to separate ourselves from this guy so you don't ruin our company. You know, that kind of stuff happens because it's not fair that, you know, a huge corporation that serves, you know, uh, American consumers gets destroyed because one person was corrupt. You know, fair enough, right? We'll delay it. See, this is why we have some delays. This is why these indictments aren't being unsealed like crazy because, just like everyone else out there i'm like come on come on let's do it just, just, just pull the bandaid rip it off but we can't because you know there's innocent people in the crossfire it shouldn't be it's not fair is it so what we have here is full panic and they are not hiding it anymore that they are weaponizing their offices in every corner of government that you can find they are weaponizing their offices. They're coming at our president as if, you know, he is the reason he's there. He's the thorn in their side right now. He is the one that is making them scared. There is a there's an old saying, an ancient Greek saying um, that uh, you can find cited in documents from Aristotle, which is the man who fears uh, the man who is corrupt can feel his chair shaking. Meaning that if you're sitting on a high chair, you can feel that your position is being, you know, threatened because your chair is shaking. You're going to fall off the chair. You know where you are, their position. They know this. And the thing is, they didn't expect him to be 20 steps ahead, even though they're covered themselves. So today, you know, I will be publishing and unmasking a key player, the key player in this whole Russia wanted Hillary in, that was the plan. Russia has every single piece of dirt our president would love to have on Hillary Clinton, specifically in regards to the Uranium One deal and what's going on in Venezuela and about Benghazi. You know, there's so many people that have so much on her. But, you know, there's a rule in gangs, right? You don't flip on your mate. And so there's not a lot of people that will flip on her. But I can assure you that the time is coming where they will. Uh, it's been, you know, sources say that Putin uh, is anticipating his next meeting with President Trump to provide him some very important information. And that could also be a report of interrogating the Russian national that was working within our U.S. embassy for over a decade that was providing information to the FBI or... Um, Let me, let me just say what the going narrative is providing information to fusion GPS via Nelly Orr, whom Perkins Coy paid, whom Perkins Coy paid through a co-mingling account and see if people aren't paying attention. Robert Bauer, who was President Obama's uh, White House counsel, his specific counsel, and he oversaw uh, the uh, representation of the DNC and OFA, which is Organizing for Action, which used to be Organizing for America, which used to be Obama for America. Uh, He's the one that distributes payments, and he was fired in May of 2018. Do you want to make a bet that Perkins Coy is going to say, well, he was mismanaging and co-mingled the money? Because if you follow the money, I can almost bet my life on it that it was Obama's money that paid for that Fusion GPS. I guarantee you. And the DNC was funding that. And that's why they fired him. Because they fired him in 2018. Remember, this all happened in 2016. So again, here's another instance where our president is 100 steps ahead of them, 100 steps ahead of them. He already knows. He's already dealing with it. And unfortunately, the press is not telling us. Kind of like that Russian national. I'm circling back to it because you know what? That wasn't reported. Why? Because it wasn't suitable. But someone leaked it to the press a year later after it happened. Uh, You know, could it be that someone from the Trump administration or the Trump camp, you know, try to feed that in so people can start paying attention? But guess how much traction it got? Zero. How much traction did Huber get? Zero. But yesterday, when the Clinton um, Foundation hearing was happening, all they could talk about is let's investigate Trump's organizations and let's investigate uh, Whitaker's. What? What? Wait, stay on topic. What are we talking about here? We're talking about the Clinton Foundation. This is what I have. Why are we talking about other foundations? They were just constantly changing the conversation, going back again. Our president, 20 steps ahead. Huber was not supposed to go there yesterday. He's got more. Because unfortunately for the deep state, for this mafia, this DC mafia, he's already got the goods. And Huber doesn't have one specific scope. Jeff Sessions only confirmed that the questions that were asked fall within his scope. His scope could be from A to Z. His scope could be maybe investigating the US Treasury. You know, because it always, you know, how do they get nitty gritty on how Hillary Catch him for what? Money, right? It's uh IRS, tax evasion, whatever, right? They never get them on the murders, on the actual crimes they do, the drug dealing, the bootlegging, whatever it is. How much you want to make a bet that we've got the goods already? Because there's people sitting there, oh, he's going to be impeached. For what? For what? You have people calling him, oh, look, he paid this slut, you know, money. And, you know, he did that with campaign funds. So what if he did? And let me ask you, what kind of lawyer records his client? Never. Because that is against you know, the, the rules that govern the ethics that attorneys have. No attorney will record their client. So when I hear people saying, well, I'm a little bit worried, they're going, it doesn't matter what you're a little bit worried. You have to be there and understand that everything will work out in the end. Trust in that. Trust that there is still a bit of hope, even though they own everything. This organized criminal organization literally owns everything. They own the media. They own the internet. They own, you know, our justice department. They own everything. So all you have to do is trust that we're following the money correctly, that this will all come to an end in a nice way, and that it'll all end up with someone behind bars. I mean, I've said it before. We need patience. There's a lot of people who are like, come on, we've got to get something done. Something has to be done here and we need to focus. We need to get uh, someone in jail. We need something. Yeah, we do. I agree. We do. But it can't happen right now. I mean, yeah, you know what? President Trump throws a bone. Just block someone up. Maybe Comey. You know, we need to get this done just to throw a bone to, to the masses, to, to pay attention a little bit more, to get those, you know, that are on the fence and kind of still subscribing to the ideology that, you know, orange man bad and throw them a bone. Let them feel that you are doing something because you are doing things, but people can't see it because the media is not reporting it. And if the media is not reporting it, then it's supposedly not true. Because if, if 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 they were reporting it and it were true, then it would be documented. No one's putting this down. I mean, just think of this: Hillary Clinton uh, and Comey and Michelle and all these people wrote books. Why did they write books? Like why? I I was I was Christmas shopping yesterday and I saw Michelle's book you know, on sale at Target. And I was thinking, why would anyone want to read her book? Like, what does she have to say? These are mobsters infiltrating even our historical records by, you know, writing these books. Remember, uh, the new thing that's happening now is that Amazon is choosing what can be published and what doesn't. So let's take one more trip down Memory Lane before we go to today's news. <laughs> um, and I think it's important that uh, you know people understand that this has already been out there. Let's go to 2019. Uh, here we go. If I remember correctly, I had uh, spoken about this, and you should see an article that I had written. Uh, It's about Perkins Coy and the executive orders. But something that I mentioned in there is very important. We know that Fusion GPS was paid for by Perkins Coy. And the claim is, is that money that was used was from Hillary Clinton that she funded it. Because at some point, Perkins Coy was hired by Clinton to be her counsel throughout her campaign. This was done supposedly at the same time that they were creating this dossier and collecting this information. Now, what I reported was that Perkins Coy was actually using money from the DNC and the organizing for action before it was called Obama for America Foundation. And what he was talking about, about commingling monies, you know, how former president impeached Clinton was using funds for his personal use, even though they were for the foundation. This is where I'm getting at. Fusion GPS dossier and all this stuff was not funded only by Hillary Clinton, which came in later, of course, because they need to make that happen. But it was actually done from funds that were being commingled into the same account by Robert Bauer, who was once the personal attorney for President Barack Hussein Obama, and then as White House counsel. He commingled the money for the DNC, Obama, and Hillary Clinton. So how do you know where the money came from? Do you? No, you don't. And it's very funny hmm, that when they were being investigated to find out where this money came for Fusion GPS, Robert Bauer just resigned from Perkins Coy in May of this year. He resigned because you know what they're going to say? He made the error, you know, not keeping good records of where the money was coming from. See, this is what they do. They claim that they were hacked. They claim that it was not intentional. It was just, um, you know, not being a hundred percent on the ball. This is the type of stuff they do, and I'm referring again back to reportings that are all over Twitter, social media, and conservative media, talking about how Supreme Court, you know, the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, Roberts, was supposedly hacked. He wasn't hacked. Is colluding with them. Remember, Supreme Court Chief Justice Roberts has a really long-standing relationship with Perkins Coy from before his appointment. He was the judge that sided with Robert Bauer in letting off Osama bin Laden's right-hand man as an innocent. He claimed that that man was innocent. Again, I feel like I'm a broken record sometimes. We have all the information we need. We have everything at our disposal to figure out what is going on. We can see it. The panic that we see coming out of D.C. right now from the Democrats is incredible. You would say, wow, uh, they're really going at it. They're coming in hard. You know, they're pulling. They're trying everything, everything because they failed, because they underestimated as General Flynn once said, the cyber soldiers, because we have cyber soldiers. Hence, again, circling back to the, the fact that President Trump is a genius because he crowdsourced the information he needs. Do you think he doesn't listen to you? Every tweet you send him, he looks at it. He does listen. He listens to everyone because you might be sitting in a corner on your lawn chair somewhere in Tennessee, somewhere in Kansas, where you stumble upon a document online and you talk about it. And that document can be the smoking gun or at least lead to it. He listens. He needs all of us to be behind him, especially now that we're entering into 2020 because it's all about the elections. And did you know that there's about 35 Democrats, a lot of them that have resigned or retired that are coming in, feeling the room to see to run. Yeah. And I'll name them all out for you. So we have creepy Joe Biden, which would be a lot of fun to watch him try to run. Uh, You know, a lot will be exposed because there's a lot of cyber soldiers with a lot of stuff on Biden. Then we have Clinton flirting with the idea. I mean, really? I don't know how it'll look. How, how, uh, let me, be careful with my words. Maybe she needs to wear wide-legged pants when she uh, goes out campaigning. Then we have Holder, really, Kerry, seriously, Castro, Bennett, Booker, Cory Booker, really, Brown, Casey, Delaney, Dillbrand, Harris, Clawbaker, Merkley, Sanders, Warren, Swalwell, O'Rourke, Gabbard, Bullock, Inslee, Hickenlooper, McAuliffe. Landro, Gilliam, Bloomberg, Boutiag, Garcetti, Stayer, Schultz, O'Malley, then we have Rock, the Rock, Johnson, Murphy, Michelle, slash Michael Obama, Ryan, and Oprah Winfrey. So out of all of these names, I could say that I can see Michelle Obama running. Why? because president trump doesn't care if you're male or female when you throw you know throw mud in his face he's going to wing it right back at you but he has not done that to michelle obama and possibly because he's old school and he respects the fact Or cuz he's was waiting he's waiting the first lady but also you can see that he shook her hand first at the bush funeral she's the man and he tries to keep it up, even though she attacked melania too Yeah, He's been very cordial, which indicates that he pretty much wants her to run. And it's not yet. So those were all statements from 2018, 2019. Now let's go to how now everyone's an expert and how suddenly it's fact that she paid for it. Now, we all said she paid for it because her name was on it, but I'm already telling you she didn't pay for it. Obama did. But let's see what Newsmax has to tell us.
3: right ...of war with Russia over our heads, distracting you with tales of a potential invasion of one so-called Eastern European democracy by another. There's another Russia story that they, the left, and their media hacks, pun intended here, just don't want to talk about, right?
4: That's something I can't speak to from this podium, so I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Is,
5: is what was described in that report monitoring internet
0: traffic is is
4: that spying again? I can't speak to that report. You, I, I refer you to the Department of Justice. Generally
0: speaking, that with monitoring internet traffic, I
4: give my answer is not gonna change. I refer you to Department of Justice.
3: Mm, mm, nice little
0: Oh, so now they're coming out with it. They're literally telling people, Yeah, we're spying on every single one of you. Huh? watch that social score. And it's like, come on, guys. In twenty fourteen. They got caught spying on Congress and on the Senate. You think they're not monitoring what you're doing? You think just because Judge Collier in September of 2016, that little shite of a woman, right? Remember, I was the one that said, hey, you know, what's Chief Justice Roberts doing? He's in charge of her, right? But, you know, now everyone's talking about that, posting graphics. Oh, look, this was done in 2018. Shut up. You got that shit from me. Look, Judge Collier resigned right around my birthday (laughs) a couple years ago. But let me tell you how this worked out. Let me tell you how they did the spying on the Trump campaign so you understand. I've already explained to you, and I had my friend Millie Weaver actually do a report. She called Game. Explaining how they double the stream that goes in through the NSA. Every single email, text, phone call, web search. Archived and processed by fancy machines. That is stored in private intelligence, which now you're all hearing about. But you know, Shadowgate was bullshit, right? I was in private intelligence contractor. But it was bullshit. No, no, now it's real. But when I said it, it was bullshit. But now it's real. Right? Now it's real. So here's how it happened. Just so you guys understand the last bit of it with these FISA warrants. In September of 2016, there was a concern. Because Admiral Rogers kind of knew. And he spoke to Judge Collier. I am One million percent he went and told someone that, you know, there's data over collection, 702s, you know, that section 702, people aren't dumping data, they're collecting it. And not only that, that data that's supposed to be unspecified and only flagged with certain words or at targets that have FISA warrants, it's collecting, there's over collection of data to people that do not have FISA warrants so September 2016. Brennan Lynch Carlin all got spanked. Spanked in court, just spanked. Over her knee just a little bit of the spank by Judge Collier, right? She was a FISA judge. This is September. I think it's September 26th, I think it it was oh, I, when did I get to DC? Damn it, I'm trying to remember. So it was in 2016. She spanks them. He says, don't you go doing stuff like that. You better tell me why. Well, we don't know why. It's just getting those people's information. Uh, we're trying to figure out. I mean, I think there's a computer error or maybe a human error. I really don't know. Brennan's like, I don't know what then is doing. And, uh, uh, you know, maybe we should talk. Clapper sitting there just looking around the room like an idiot. Ask me how I know. And so, and I'm giving you very pedestrian responses. They obviously came out with more formal responses. So that was pretty much the conversation. Lynch just kind of looked down the whole time saying, I haven't authorized anything. I don't know of any such actions. Ask me how I know these conversations. Ask me. So as they sat there getting spanked, right, Judge Collier's like, okay, so you don't know what the problem is? You have until December to figure this out, okay? I don't want you spying on these specific American citizens like some private intelligence contractors and or the candidates running like Trump and his kids and, you know, people that are on his campaign and, you know, you shouldn't do that. And they're like, okay, okay. Um, we're sorry, we're going to figure it out. And then in October, the bitch signed a FISA warrant based on the information she told them they're not supposed to have in their possession just a couple weeks ago. Right. And it's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. And then the dossier comes out, right? Right after that dossier comes out, they're like, yeah, we got the FISA warrant, just drop it. So this is how it went. It's like, what? You could almost swear I wrote that script. And so uh, it's like, you can't even make this up. (laughs) You really can't make it up. This is exactly how it went. And guess what? There's court documentation to show you that. 26th of September, you spanked them. You told them, oh, you have this data on all these very specific people. You need to get rid of that data. Why is your? Why is this happening? Why do we have over collection? Oh, we're so bad. We don't know, Carlin, you're in so much trouble. So he resigns because it was his job to make sure that I'll resign. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we'll go ahead and fix it. Sure we will. Okay. Wink, wink, said all of them. Three weeks later, there they are in the courtroom at the FISA court, and they're like, yo, so we need a FISA warrant on all these people. Why? Because we have probable cause because of this. Hey, wait a minute. Isn't that the information that you guys overcollected that weren't supposed to be overcollecting for over two years on the Trump campaign? Because I'm kind of seeing a filing for Make America Great Again here. Is that 2012? Is that how long this overcollection is? stop asking questions judge we're focusing on the facts here this is national security fine fine i'll sign it but you guys better stop spying and stuff by december (laughs) december comes along december 2016 president trump is now president-elect right at that point citizen donald j trump is president elect and suddenly they're back in court and she's like what's going on yep we we figured it out uh, it's not a computer error. It was a human error. We're working on it. Okay. You better have this fixed. You got another 90 days. So she gave him a free pass for another fucking 90 days to fix this over collection. What? <laughs> Stop it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So they said it could be human error. It could be computer when they got busted. But then 90 days later, she's like, hey, what's going on? You're still over collecting. You're collecting information on these people. They're like, yeah, we don't know what it is. Damn. but we've totally out that it can be, you know, computer error. So definitely human error. We're looking into it. Don't worry about it. But you know, on these things, we're not over collecting anymore because we have a FISA warrant so we can monitor these people. You signed it. Remember? Well, I'm not signing another one. Don't worry. We'll take it to another judge. And that's exactly what happened in January. They got the FISA renewal. Other judges, another judge signed it. They had extra pages because they added all the shit that they invented, right? And they took a nice trip to London where there's this office by the river. Looks like a church. Just throw in some desks, a million computers, set up an operation like five minutes. I've been to that office myself. And so it's so weird. So, you know, we even got them on camera. Chit 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 chit. They needed to have dinner over the river, of course. Uh but so <laughs> Oh man. So they signed this FISA warrant. Another judge does. And then Judge Collier again, you know, 90 days later. She's like, what happened? Yeah, see, it turns out it's not a comp- It's not a human error. It's a computer error. We're working on it. Well, you got 90 days to fix that. <laughs> so weird. So weird. And then everyone is like, oh my God, we're still losing. Listen, the part of gathering what we needed. See, I had told you in 2018 that, phew, Durham was in Ukraine, so it was Rudy Giuliani and, you know, other people, right? Well, they were in London fixing stuff, <laughs> you know. So we already caught them all. The problem is convincing other Americans that it's done. And the only way you do that is with Americans taking back the nation, you're not going to fix this. You think I could have all the evidence in the world. Geez, I'm in the position where I have all the evidence in the world and I'm not, you know, I had this conversation today and without getting into detail, I'm going to tell you a story so you can understand. So once upon a time, there was this um, boy who wanted to run for governor in the state of Oklahoma. And so this boy files all his signatures. Uh, All of them were vetted because the boy himself had access to the secretary of state database. So with pure confidence, files a little over 700 more signatures than needed to get on the ballot. Now, I don't know if you guys know how elections work, but they take those signatures for every single county in Oklahoma, And then they send them out to be verified. So then the board of elections of each county takes them and says, yep, there's a Joe Smith there. Yep, that's his address. Yep, that's his signature. Good to go. Next, 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 right? But in order to do that, they have to have things. They have to have the declaration of this young boy that's running, which is called a page one document, which the Secretary of State of Oklahoma would send with all those applications because they'd have like, you know a copy for each of them so the secretary of state would send the signatures and the declaration that they're running and they would check the signatures well guess what the governor of Oklahoma the incumbent right was so scared of this boy running cuz he knows this boy has a lot on him that um his uh office the governor's office who sends off the documents sends off all the signatures for validation. They validated them, but they were like, Oh damn, where's that declaration page? So they get with the governor and say, Hey governor, where, you know, we don't have the first page. Oh, if you don't have the first page, here's a directive from now on: just send it back and count them as zero signatures. I'm sorry. What? So here's the thing. What does the boy do? What does the boy do in, uh, you know, the position where he's got all the right signatures and the actual office that he's running for purposely did not include the page one in some of the counties to make sure that boy one can't run. How would you deal with that? Yeah, I feel for that boy because, but you know, everything you intend for evil Boomerangs back (sighs) everything that is for evil. Boomerangs back. And so, you know, that boy has a team from his own his own team that have all the evidence they need. Because that boy, when he went and filed his signatures, Videotape the whole thing. And that's exactly what's happening. And so, you know, that's so weird because, you know, the campaign goes to the boy and says, okay, that's it. We're just going to tell the media and we're going to, the media's not going to talk about it. They're all in bed together. And the boy can't talk about it because he can't. Well, in some areas he can. So what do we do? We pray. We pray, we have to go to court. Have you ever seen someone go to court because they purposely didn't do their job so they can't run? Purposely didn't do their job so they can't run? Fuck. You're about to see that now. Purposely. And we have evidence because, you know, before the boy does anything, the boy made phone calls to every single board of election and got all the information they needed and saw this new rule that just came out, right? Where, you know, they said, hey, if you don't have it, then just send it back and count it as zero so we could put it into storage. What? You didn't send it. It was your job. And now the boy is not able to run against you because your office didn't do the job because you didn't want your office to lose, you didn't want to lose your office. I hope you're getting what I'm saying. That's fact. That's a, for me, this is why, you know, this is why today was not supposed to happen. And I thought, let me take it down memory lane so that I can flex a little bit. Because even though I was screaming about this earlier, uh, I couldn't do anything to mitigate it. See, everything happens by a power that's even bigger. I mean, could you imagine being taken to court for not having your office do its job properly when you're on record, like video, getting all of that? See, that's the thing, because when this boy went to submit his signatures, he had someone rolling the camera, even though the boy didn't want to be on camera, because it was like, yo, your angles are bad. I'm like round enough, said the boy. So just consider, you know, man, damn, these people never learn. They spy on campaigns. They spy on people, but they don't understand. Spying goes both ways. Uh, It's not one way. Uh, (laughs) Those wings can get into everything. Those wings can get into everything. So, the boy is supposed to write a written mandamus, just saying. An emergency one, just saying. (sighs) But the boy didn't want to have to, you know, you know, let's just put it this way. Why are whistleblowers, actual whistleblowers, dragged through the mud? Not the bullshit ones you think. Like, I'm whistleblowing on Facebook. Then they get a book deal and they're signed with CAA. Like, stop. Why are the real whistleblowers either dead in jail or just maimed and dragged through the mud? Like, why do you have to eat dirt and then regain your name? I mean, this so sucks so sucks. You have to eat dirt sometimes. And and I, I'm so tired of it. Just watching eat dirt. It's like, come on. Not everybody's Atlas. like, But you got to lead by example, right? You got to be the first one to jump off the plane, the first one to eat dirt and stand up, the first one to stand there and get shot at and be like, yep, I'm made of titanium, uh, coated in two hundred and thirty pounds of Teflon. Bring it, but inside, you're just like, damn, I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to go get a pedicure, and 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 let people take over. Just saying, it's a, you know, I've got lined up like ten shows that talk about everything you're gonna hear about. From these people. Uh, from these people telling you how Hillary's campaign paid to hack Trump's, you know, da-da-da. And it's like, no. How many times have we talked about the Iranian fucking florist at the White House? I sent the damn report. It was like a notification. Hey, White House, you're being wiretapped. And it's not just devices. They're putting physical nodes and twinning the stream. Hello. Wiretaps, high. No whistleblower. Wiretap, high. But for some reason, you know, now it's news. And now they want to just paint it on Hillary. Yeah, she's evil. Yeah, she's terrible. But do you guys remember Patrick Burns Bunsen burner story? I think it's time we visit that. Because the Bunsen burner story, no matter how far out you think it is, it's one of the most important stories so you can understand what they did. And while people say, oh my God, he did that with Marina Butina," you know what he did? He actually told them, right? That, okay, fine, then I'm just going to kill her and I'm going to do this and I'm going to bury her in a desert and that's it, right? That's what he said. And you know what the FBI said? Who's signing off on that? Who signed off on, well, if she's dead, whatever, let's just keep him happy. Who would have signed off on something like that? I want you to think, who would have signed off on something so atrocious? Very few people would sign off on something like that. Unfortunately, I've worked with all of those very few people that would sign off on something like that because this is the type of people they are, pure evil. And it's so incredible. But anyway, before we get into that, Let's continue so you can hear breaking news, of course, about how she paid for the campaign. Even though, like I said, it was organizing for action, organizing for America, Obama for America. You see, it's kind of like Hunter Biden's stupid stuff. Kind of like I told you in January of 2019 that people had a lot of shit on Biden. But, you know, I digress. Because it was right then when that hooker on January 3rd... She was with Hunter Biden, telling him, you know, you can make this all go away. All you have to do is turn in your computer. Just say it's broken. Let's smash it. Maybe we could throw some water on it. You can release those chains, Hunter. Let's do another line and think about it more. See, that was happening on January 3rd, 2019. A lot of hanky-panky. And convincing when he was low and low and sad that he can get out of this weird conservative ship. And be free just by telling on all of them, just by dropping a laptop, pretty much. Pretty much. But, you know, I digress. I'm just a grifter. I just search things on the Internet, of course. So let's continue.
3: Pierre Dodge there. Well, we won't dodge it. We're going to talk about it. We will, and we must, because this is a doozy, folks. Stick with me here. I want to say it's unbelievable, but given Hillary's past, the story isn't unbelievable. It's right in line. Our story begins back in 2016, Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign, which, of course, led to the deliciously sweet defeat of Hillary Clinton by Donald Trump. But now we know that Hillary had a long history of shady dealings and accusations from associations from Whitewater to Travelgate to Clinton Foundation shadiness. She and her hubby, Bill, they practically invented the D.C. swamp. Americans so loathe the 2016 collusion scam plastered all over mainstream media headlines, became fodder for secret and unjustified warrants, and later for Robert Mueller's two year mole hunt that turned up this much zero evidence of collusion. And along the way, the Clinton campaign willingly, enthusiastically, in fact, fed all of these bogus claims to a very willing and gullible media. Yep, yeah, I'm talking to you, CNN, ABC, MSNBC. Back in early 2017, Trump tweeted that he had his wires tapped in Trump Tower. So it turns out he was kind of right. But while the lamestream media was so willing to gobble up the fake Russia collusion story, they just weren't having it with these spying claims.
0: No one was spying on the president through the microwave. No one spied on the Trump campaign. There was no spying. There was no
3: spying. No spying. There was 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 no spying. Wow. By the way, there was no spying, of course. There was no spying. There was no spying on the Trump campaign. On the Trump campaign. It's been a year and a half. There
0: was no spying on the Trump campaign.
3: I don't know about you, but Don Lemon was my favorite. <sighs> no spying on the Trump campaign, but there was, folks, though. So we thought it was just them peddling some twisted little nibbles to see who would bite, and now we know that it was even worse and even deeper than that. Seriously, if you made this up, you'd be laughing at a Netflix story pitch, but... A bombshell new report from the ongoing Durham investigation in a court filing on Friday, special counsel John Durham said he discovered that Hillary Clinton's 2016 campaign paid a web firm to, quote, infiltrate servers at Trump Towers and the White House to try and tie Trump to Russia. Let me say it again in a different way, because they won't touch it. Hillary's campaign paid to hack into Trump's computers at his private home and in Trump Tower and at the White House. That's right, a hack for a hack, caught red-handed or blue-handed in this case. So the Clinton campaign is effectively accused of spying a too insane to believe abuse of public and private resources to gather dirt on Donald Trump that actually turned up no dirt at all. All uncovered by Durham, the lawyer investigating the origins of the Russia inquiry. Durham was appointed by Bill Barr, Trump's attorney general, to get to the bottom of whether or not the intelligence collected involving the Trump campaign was actually lawful and appropriate, which it turns out it was not. And let me say this, you know, the left loves to throw around the word insurrection. For them, that applies to anyone and everyone who's either associated with Trump or is a Trump supporter. But I tell you what, the Clinton campaign spying on the Trump campaign and using that as the basis for now debunked phony Russian collusion narratives, spying, hacking, that is insurrection. And boy, would I love to be a fly on the wall of whatever room Trump is in right now. His team are sitting in right now. It turns out he was right all along, which makes this moment from the past even sweeter.
0: Wait, what did he say? It's, it's just awfully hold on. good that hold someone...
3: Insurrection. And boy, would I love to be a fly on the wall of whatever room Trump is in right now. His team are sitting in right now. It turns out he was right all along which makes this moment from the past even sweeter.
5: It's just awfully good that someone with the temperament of Donald Trump is not in charge of the law in our country.
3: Yeah. Because you'd be in Wait jail.
5: Secretary Clinton.
3: Mike drop. Now, Hacking Hillary is back at her usual antics to deflect and distract us. On Friday, Hacking Hillary and her hacks on the left trying to play up a story that Trump destroyed public records. Hmm. Destroying official records, something Hillary knows a thing or two about, I'd say. Like Hillary, pretending that was her own emails were not a thing. Making a joke out of it, let's not gloss over the fact that Hillary Clinton sent and received classified emails on her private server. And back in 2015, when Hillary was asked about whether she wiped her email server clean before giving it to the FBI, she had jokes.
5: That's all I could say. I, I'm,
3: I'm, I, you know, I don't, I have no idea. That's why
5: we turned it over.
0: So you we, were in
6: charge
0: of it. You were the official in charge. Did you wipe the surface? What, like with a cloth or something? No. Well, no. Know. Like Black, Liv- um, Black River Network or something? Whatever, right? Oh, my gosh. See... They talk about her, but why not talk about Obama using private servers and German intelligence servers to communicate? You mean Obama was using Gmail and freaking GMX having to do with presidential communications that we do not have? Now we have evidence of that. So the question should be, did Obama destroy presidential records? See, you know, do you know who destroyed presidential records? Because this could boomerang real quick. It's called Twitter. Oh, shoot. Oh, no, no, no. Twitter has it in the archive. Yeah. But see, they're not part of presidential record. But but if he, like, deleted DMs because Twitter told us, it's presidential record. Well, hold on a second. Is it presidential record? Because if I remember correctly, that bill never became. What bill are you talking about, Tori? Oh, the bill that no one was talking about but I was. Cafefe. I did shows about cafefe after the tweet, cafe, and I was telling you guys, hey, it's about this, it wasn't a typo like they said, it wasn't this, it was, they're putting it out, this is the bill. And the bill was talking about microblogging, microblogging, like Twitter or Facebook or Gab or whatever. And so, see, they were wanting to make that part of presidential records. Now, obviously, if they did that at that point, uh, Barack Hussein Obama's DMs and his fake ass accounts, you know, or like the fake accounts, you know, Piero Delecto or whatever you want to call it, uh, you know, wouldn't count going backwards, but going forwards, they would. So... That would be weird. But anyway, the presidential library is comprised of presidential records and communications. I think, I think, hmm, damn, I can't give it away. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. But you guys are going to chip in on that one. You're all going to join in on some fancy ass suit because we should talk about it. Especially when we have evidence, right? You know, executive privilege, presidential records, can't delete that shit. But if they want to go to like uh, microblogging, well, cafefe. You, know, you should listen. You should go to com and type in cafefe, where I walked you through the whole bill, who introduced it, and what it was about while everyone was talking about it being some code. Jeez. I I, I rolled so hard when I saw all these stupid pundits with their blue check marks talking so much smack. And, you know, a lot of them talk like they know what they're talking about, too. Like, they were, like, super straight up. And then the QAnon losers all talking about it like they knew what it was, you know. But I know the guy that started Cafefe Coffee. Now, that coffee's good. And I don't advertise, but Nick does a stellar job with coffee, right? cafefe coffee. I kid you not, he sells that. It's a literal thing. Cafefe coffee. So, um, <laughs> it's, 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 yeah, I, I drink light roasts anyway, cause they're higher in caffeine. But, um, this is, uh, quite interesting, you know, that she's asking if he purged any records, you know why she did that? Ask, ask the question. Well, you know what? Ponder on that for a second. While I laid out to you, why would she say that he deleted public records and official presidential records to get back at Obama? Of course, see. She just gave a clue. She's like, look, you need to look at him because he's like deleting records. And it's like, why would you say shit like that? Now they're going to be like all up in his Twitter and stuff and his private emails if he used any. And he didn't use any private emails, but I did, Hillary. You going to be doing me like that, girl? And yes, she is. See, when you listen to them, you understand what they're doing. She didn't say that to snark at President Trump. She said that to the idiots that would go forward and Obama is going to be like, yo, now I'm in trouble. See, the Bunsen burner story that um, Patrick Byrne talked about is very relevant now. So you can understand the dynamic between Obama and Hillary Clinton because for some reason people think that they were friends. Uh, No, girl, he hated her. He couldn't stand her. He wanted her out of his life like before he was born. And yet it didn't happen. So let's listen to what Byrne said two years ago.
7: They did not. I know what's in the Durham report and I'm going to say it here. I bribed Hillary Clinton, $18 million. I facilitated a bribe for Hillary Clinton on January 14th, 2016. Right here in this town, Hillary, on behalf of the FBI, I... They came to me around December 1st, 2015. They told me Hillary Clinton had accepted a bribe from Turkey for $20 million. They told me that there, that I would be working for a group in New York, FBI agents, who had authorization to set Hillary Clinton up in a sting. They asked me to facil- facilitate a bribe for her, an $18 million bribe from another government. The bag man from that other government was... I was to befriend and I was to get that person ten minutes alone in a room with Hillary Clinton. I did on January fourteenth, twenty sixteen, Hillary Clinton was in this town and she met in a way that was kept off her schedule. She accepted an eighteen million dollar bribe. But General Barr knows this. This is the the Durham. They know this was what is behind it all. And I'll even tell you, I'm gonna drop one more thing. I've been waiting since I've been waiting to say this publicly, and I would this is what really happened. I will tell you if you if you hear this and you give me ninety seconds, your viewers will understand what's happened in the last five years in America. I've been waiting to say this on mainstream TV, and they will not have me back because once they understood what this was about, I had Hillary Clinton. I caused Hillary Clinton. I facilitated a bribe, and she took a second bribe for eighteen million dollars. And I worked with the FBI as I did that. Uh, they they they're deeply involved in this. They came to me three days later and told me I had to forget about it. And forget that it ever happened. And I said, what are you talking about? And they gave me one excuse. They said, uh, you are, Hillary's going to win. And it's been determined, it's been decided upstairs. Nothing, nothing's going to be able to stop that now. So she's going to win. And she's going to send her people over to the FBI and ask who was part of investigating Hillary. And any of us who were part of it are going to be destroyed. And that includes you too, Patrick. And so this mission has been scrubbed from the highest level. And I, I, Thought about that, and I said, yes, sir, and I came, but two or three weeks later, I was back with three federal agents this time, three federal agents, and I let them know that wasn't sitting, and and this is in Salt Lake City, Utah, and that that wasn't sitting well with me, and I'd like to know why we had almost a year before the election. They could have had me and another person in front of a grand jury in a week and gotten her indicted, and they told me, and this this is the key to understanding what's happened, uh, in the in America, they told me, this is word for word, Patrick, you, uh, what's really going on is this. President Obama has his people across the federal bureaucracy at this point, but especially the Department of Justice. Hillary Clinton is going to be president for eight years, and nothing's going to change that. But think of there being a Bunsen burner within the Department of Justice. That evidence about the two bribes you were part of gathering is going to be sitting on the Bunsen burner. And the hand on the Bunsen burner is going to be one of Barack Obama's people. If Hillary's a good girl and defends Obamacare, that flame stays low. If she's a bad girl and thinks for herself, it's going to get turned up high. That way, Barack Obama is going to manage Hillary Clinton for the eight years she's president, and then she's going to step down, and Michelle's going to run. And Patrick, that's the plan. That came out of the lips of a federal agent. It was confirmed to me this spring. They, the Durham investigation, has located has that plan was called the uh, operation snow globe. That was Brendan Obama's name for it. They snow globe. They were trying to get Hillary to step into a snow globe. I'm looking for a prop, a snow globe that anytime they wanted, they could then pick up and shake for eight years. Uh, My bribe was the bait to get her to step into the snow globe. That's all from it. This isn't a theory. I'm the guy in the room. I'm acknowledging I took part in all this and I, I was thought I was helping them conduct federal law enforcement. It turned out that I was having them helping them set up Hillary Clinton for, for a, a deep state to control her. And that's and I said so that's why and I came in public a year ago with some pictures that showed me with this Russian redhead Maria Butina, lovely woman, that said and so I'm saying this entire thing, this last five years, has been a coup it was a from obama against hillary that when trump won in a fluke it got morphed into the russian collusion delusion and i say that is the guy they had romancing maria and bribing hillary clinton so i'm about as involved in this as you can get and i promise you that's exactly what happened and what we're seeing here is the last act play out i was uh, the last act play out and the reason i mentioned that i knew in october 2018 that this was going to happen was because in 2018 i was offered uh, a federal agent came to tell me, Patrick, you need to understand there are billionaires walking around this w- world that we made, and we're prepared to do the same for you. You just have to stay calm. You just have to stay quiet through the election. And by that election, I knew he meant 2020 election. So I've known that they were going to hijack this election since October of 2018.
0: So now, you know, it's always the outsiders, the ones that uh, were part of it just as much as they were that are trying to get redemption. And yeah, it's always the ones that are a little bit different, smarter, quicker on their feet. Some are CEOs, some are shadow people or people that don't exist. Recompense only comes when redemption has met, has been met. So again, when Hillary Clinton put that out, it wasn't to go after President Trump. It was to tell Durham, hey, you should look into what Barack was doing. And it's like, you think, Durham, you think they don't have warrants on me? They're not looking at my stuff? Like, how was I so on point with all that? They're just like, I know most of them are cocking their heads. When we say they scrub things from the top, it's gone. There's no file on you, well, unless they manufacture one. I digress. And the amount of agents that were sent my way to distract were incredible. So they, in turn, I mean, in 2019, they pulled all of the stops on me. All of them. Mm, They started in 2017 with, um, with pretty good lawfare because, you know, I'm not Trump. <laughs> I had zero mo- Could you imagine going up against a whole state with not a penny to your name? And no lawyer that would take your case. Oh, it's civil. We don't do that. Sorry, you don't qualify. Huh? When people talk shit. The guy killed himself because he knew what was coming. How many of you have been in that position? None. So the only way that I could stay out of a black site in Indiana somewhere, where they're holding a lot of people, uh, I I went as loud as I could. And that gave me shelter because people would be asking questions. So if I can go up against real deep state by myself... With zero dollars to my name. Imagine. If I was like that boy in Oklahoma that sat in the Secretary of State's position or Governor's position. It would be game over. You know. I had to be very careful though. Cause they don't know what feeds may have been tapped from Epstein's Island. What feeds may have been tapped from Wexner's home in Ohio. What feeds may have been tapped. You know, you know, what's funny. It's like people think, Oh my gosh, did they like really wiretap the president? They freaking wiretap the white house and they didn't, didn't get seen obviously. Cause it was a bunch of Greeks, DOD guy, Georgia Tech guy, all Greeks, so dumb. But, you know, you learn a lot of things from people like that. (laughs) Like, you know, if you want to know, like, what your governor's doing or what your state legislator's doing, I mean, you know, there could be a feed somewhere on the internet just showing shit. You never know. Like, stuff like that happens. It's not just a movie. You know, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and uh, my daughter's choice was we're going to watch this K-drama. And it was a thing called All of Us Are Dead or something like that. And it was about these uh, teenagers that are in a high school and everyone turns into zombies. Seriously. And they were all dead. And the anxiety it gave me was insane. One, oh, first of all, only watched three episodes. That was it. I wasn't going to go all night. Either way, my baby, whenever she's like with me and we're watching something, she passes out. Within like 45 minutes, she's asleep and I'm ending up watching movies. It's kind of like, you know, when they were little kids and you're watching SpongeBob and all these things and the kids are asleep and you're still watching. You're like, why am I still watching this? They're gone. They're asleep right now, right? All the parents can feel me out there. Anyway, there was this one scene where everybody in the city was zombies and it's like 20 people that you could see that aren't zombies. And I remember, uh, one of the kids said to the other one, this is crazy. This is stuff only in the movies and the realist.com. Oh my gosh. I was like, that's so woke. Korea. You know what he said? He said, well, where do you think the movies come from? It's reality. They just make it a movie so we can't see it when it really happens. You see, huh? I'm like, that one phrase just blew it all out there. Exactly that. They make movies to make it look fantasmical. So when it really happens, you don't see it coming because you're just like, no, no way someone's wagging the dog and inventing wars in, you know, a studio with a girl running around with a bag of Doritos and placing a kitten inside and all this warship behind her. No way that doesn't happen. That's a movie. Yet we saw them in green screens in the war zone but we still think it's just a movie other stuff is real and it's like stop stop see the outsiders the ones that are the what the tax collector the 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 prostitute the thief the fisherman those are the outsiders that ring the bell of truth and say that 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 here we go, here we go. Because now what you're seeing is a lot of fancy words and statements. How evil politics is. Yeah, they're they're saying that politics is evil. And it's like, you have no idea. You know, it's like your state doing a deal with this, like this big company. Let's say like Austin has AMD, right? And Oregon has Intel, we, Ohio has Intel too. But you know what's weird is that have you guys ever looked into, um, Akamai tech? I know we have an Akamai research group, right? But do you know who Akamai bought? That's right. It was Chinacom. Stop it. And do you know that Intel kind of works with TCOM, right? It totally does. And it's like Huawei and Intel are in bed. And now suddenly in the middle of America, in the middle of America, in the middle of America, they're building like a massive Intel plant for semiconductors that needs 5 million gallons of water. And they closed that deal before the elections, just in case. Could you imagine if someone actually took that position in Ohio that oversees businesses and transparency and wrecks that Chinese deal? I'm just, just I was just thinking yeah, you know, they snub Qualcomm. You know, no, we don't want Qualcomm. We don't want to deal with the Israelis. We want to deal with the Chinese. They're cheaper. I'm just saying. And that was actually announced a couple of weeks ago, and you were like, "What." Oh, and people are like, oh, that's going to bring a lot of jobs. And it's like, why don't you ask Oregon how that worked out for them? Intel got a massive campus, and 99% of the people that work there aren't even American. They're all coming in with these crazy-ass visas. And not only that, um, they are bringing a lot of money for your universities and lining the pockets of all your executive positions like governor, lieutenant governor, governor secretary of state that oversees the business, you know, and all that shit, right? But in the end, you're stuck with it. And then when you get all the Chinese people coming, because, you know, they're part of the university package that this massive superconductor plant comes for, you know, just, just putting out some facts there. What does that have to do with that? You'll see. You'll see. It's dangerous, 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 dangerous speech. 2019. It is shocking, right? Because it's fiery Friday and the department of justice is in full silence mode. There is nothing going on all morning, which means something huge has brewed. I'm really, really, really hoping that the charges against Comey are going to be announced. Or I'm really hoping that something comes out announcing, Something in regards to this attack on freedom. There's gotta be something, right guys? Something has to come out. And nothing's come out yet. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. There is radio silence, like even reaching out. I'm like, is it going to happen? We don't know. We're trying to figure it out. We don't know. There's so much going on. We don't know. That is all the responses I'm getting from my sources. This Friday has been silent, guys. There's no inference of what's going on. I mean, we saw that the president retweeted things in regards to the you know, attack on our freedom, uh, by retweeting Maria Baratomo's, um, screenshot of the Instagram post by Breitbart where Paul Joseph Watson and Laura Loomer were banned. Um, he's got a great jobs report out. So, you know, he finally did that. Um, you know, pushing out how the New York Times finally admitted that there was a full spying campaign because they were sending spies to spy on people and entrap them. I mean, and then he talks about the Russia hoax and speaking with Putin. So it's like, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, well, I know that something huge is going to drop today, kind of like I did know last Friday and it happened like after 5 p.m. Something is happening and it's probably super massive because it's very silent. And the tweets of the president is sending or not themed. I mean, he's, he's, um, basking in the glory of the fact that, you know, he's created more jobs and has the lowest unemployment rate since 1969. That's pretty huge. Okay. That is hats off. Everybody wants to be like America. We are the envy of the world. I've been saying it, but what is going on? Who is going down today? What is happening? That is the question. And I, doesn't seem hands like of this so-called whistleblower, which is shift. And this all ties into what judicial watch put out judicial watch put out that it is possible that what that Maria Ivanovich was wiretapping or, you know, uh, authorized to monitor communications. Okay. Communications of us journalists in regards to the Ukraine. Now see, the thing is, is a lot of names were thrown into, uh, you know, that tweet and that mention, which were hilarious to see, because my sources from the Naboo, which is the anti-corruption unit of Ukraine, laughed with me. Because most of those names were not even being monitored because they really don't have any sources in the Ukraine. All they have is taking information from other people and reiterating it, I'm just saying. So when you hear, this next hour is going to be so incredible because there is a one-person link, one-person link, and then I'm going to talk about Clark Kent No. It's not Clark Kent, but he might as well be George Kent. So that is one of Schiff's prime witnesses that came out to speak out. We're going to talk about that because, boy, when I got pictures with you and Poroshenko chilling. Yeah. So this is where it becomes, you know, where stuff totally hits the fan. So before we get into that talk and pure evil talk, let's just take a quick musical break and refill our glasses with either coffee, wine, beer, or just plain out water. And um, enjoy this um, musical interlude, which um, I hope you enjoy. It's kind of different. Let's go.
5: Oh, yeah Terrorists don't fail In the a civic town Trust me, darling Trust me, darling Trust me, darling oh, 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 oh Oh, 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 oh Change the nation, but you're fighting it tough. You spent a lifetime stuck in silence. I'm afraid you'll say something wrong. No one ever hears it. How are we gonna learn your song? So, so come, on, come on, look me in the eyes, tell me what you see. Perfect paradise, tearing at the I wish I could escape I don't want to pick Wish I could race Make your heart I want to sing I want to shout I want to
0: So I hope you guys enjoyed the air mission interlude and Uh, For those of you watching, um, the uh, videos are showing you uh, the way that all of this will be portrayed. Simple witch hunts. And the basis of such. Now, as I had played earlier this evening... President Trump would love to see Michelle run. Now, there's a bit of a snafu there with the things that are coming. And desperate. Okay. They're desperate. Now, Parnas himself told the Miami Herald last week that the money for the super PAC was from proceeds. Listen to this. From the sale of a Miami area condominium. Kelly Sadler the spokesperson for the super PAC said you know this is ongoing i'm not going to talk about it they made money they decided with that money that they made from selling a house that they're going to donate to their dude right to their dude that they love that they've been working with the Trump organization forever so they're like super trumpers right so they made money and they dropped it and suddenly it's russian it's not It was a purchase of a house, but here's what is happening. And you need to pay attention carefully. It is about the timing because right now under seal, they were trying to get anything. They wiretapped again because it's a foreign purchaser, even though it was straight above the board, they have nothing to worry about. Right. And Giuliani is their attorney in other matters. So he obviously knows what these guys are up to. Okay. And they're not stupid. They're not going to burn their friend. So this is what happened. They issued this. I can guarantee you that this stuff went from zero to a hundred within the last three weeks. No if and or buts. It's right there in front of us. And they're going, then they went retroactively to pick and prod $10,000. So you get a million and you give 10 in your name because you have, you know, over $10,000 in your pocket, let alone in your bank. Suddenly you're a criminal. Suddenly, because you, you know, you donate to the Trump campaign, that's questionable. Suddenly, you make a huge cut, right? That could be your commission, the 1.26 from the condos, or it could have been, you know, um, the the 325 could have been the straight out commission, whatever. Because if I, if I get paid, for example, on my bid, when I put out for a project that I'm doing, if I get paid $2,000 you know, because that's how much work I put, but they offer me, they take my first attempt at 3000. That means I got an extra thousand and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should give 500 to president Trump. Maybe he'll invite me for dinner and fly me to wherever he is. Right. You know, those emails that we get, I'm always thinking about it. I'm like, you know, when I have a little bit of extra cushion, I'm just going to drop it and make it like a little bit sizable so I can gain attention. And hopefully they'll invite me for dinner. You know, um, and fly me out there because I because obviously I'll be making the donation. I hope they pay for the flights. So this is what this guy did. He made money. He had a bit of extra money, did a sale, gave money. And now it's criminal to donate to a pack of President Trump. Here's the deal. These guys also meddle in commodities. And if people don't know this, they should learn this. That foreigners like Saudi Arabians, uh Ukrainians, Russians, oligarchs in general, they like property. They like strong investments. So they like to buy stuff. So here's the deal. It's probably they have clients that are Ukrainian and they're hoping. Remember how I told you that Durham, yeah, he's looking into the Here's the same thing. During this criminal investigation, right, they're able to go another level, another level. They get to subpoena because now they have to subpoena. Give me your friend. And then that friend might be connected with that friend and that friend might be connected with someone else. So, whoa, then they can just start working back to cover their tracks in the Ukraine. This is all about finding out what the U.S. government has on them. What the U.S. government has on Chef, what the U.S. government has on Mitt, what the U.S. government has on Joe Biden, what the U.S. government has on all of them. This is why it came up now. Because if you listen to the allegations, you'd be like, oh, my God, this is so rubbish. And apparently because uh, Parnas and Fruman had helped set up a Skype call for Giuliani in late 2018, because I told you the Biden investigation happened before he announced he was a candidate. So it's not trying to get dirt on your candidate if they're not a candidate. Right. right? Fair enough. Fair. Correct? Fair. Anyway, so they set up the call with Victor Shokin, who was Ukraine's prosecutor general, from 2015 to 2016, you know, the guy that Biden wanted fired. So I wanted to reiterate that. That was from 2019, I think October 2019. So the reason I had to... Uh, point that out is you guys have to remember Les Parnas who, you know, was, uh, was helping Rudy Giuliani in 2018 get together with people in Ukraine. The fun part is, is that when Obama's FBI started investigating, they fucked up because as they're investigating, they find evidence that shit becomes evidence. And then you go one level up. So it's like, let's pretend I stole a lipstick, right? So I steal a lipstick and they get a warrant on me, but that lipstick, I discussed it with Millie. So then they get a warrant on Millie and Millie is wearing red lipstick and she's discussing red lipstick with some other dude, but that they get a warrant on that other dude, that other dude starts talking about red lipstick with some other dude. And that dude links back. To me, who originally stole the lipstick. Therefore, (laughs) it comes back once you start investigating, you go level and level and level. and, And then it fucking just comes back straight to you, the person who started the damn investigation. See, people think people are dumb and everyone's playing a role. I hope you understand that. Now, here's this. This is actually at a time that was really difficult for me. So this is going to be really hard to listen to myself. Because we have technology way beyond. And if you want to take it down that rabbit hole, we've got technology that would blow your mind. So let's think, how much do you want to make a bet that a lot of this happened in shift skiff? Why? Because there were no witnesses. They were wiretapping. And this is all coming out. I told you, the IG right now of the NSA was offered a job by the Ukrainian government right before President Trump was told to nominate him. The NSA has been working with AT&T to take everyone's records during the Obama regime. Why? Snowden told you that. Why? Wait. Wait. Can I just throw something in there just like for relevance? Wasn't it AT&T servers that blew up in Nashville, Tennessee after the elections? Just thought I'd throw that out there just for context. I think it's important. Did they think that something was happening? They were working with AT&T after 9-11. You think it was because they were worried about terrorism? No. They were worried about people talking. The BCCI coming out. The fact that they funded Most of these terrorists, they funded the owners of things. They, 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 they wanted to make sure that they could get ahead of what you know. And this is why they fell right into the trap. Because again, you don't need to be like me who can see through looking glasses to know and time travel to know what they did. You only have to see their bag of tricks that's been repeated throughout the centuries. Listen to what he tells you now.
6: A lengthy indictment that he'd prepared against me. 23 counts. And then he said, this won't happen if you'll sign this under oath. And he handed me the draft of a statement in which I would accuse President Reagan of lying in his deposition to the special prosecutor. I asked him if I could think about it overnight. And he said, yes, certainly. As long as you promise, make no copies and not divulge it to anybody that this is a deal. And, of course, I did exactly what I said. I took it back and agreed I'd return the following morning with an answer. We went back to the skiff, and I, without getting into things like divulging what my, my lawyer had told me, I ran the document through a brand new shredder that turns pieces of paper into tiny little pieces of confetti, put the confetti into a plastic bag, and the next day returned to Walsh's office and handed him the plastic bag and dumped it out on the table. Wow. The following day, he indicted me, he indicted me with all 23 counts. Nearly four years later, the D.C. Court of Appeals ruled I had been improperly tried. They went all the way to the Supreme Court. They refused to reverse the Court of Appeals. And the three counts that were remaining against me after the trial were dismissed by the trial judge. And not one person was jailed for criminal acts connected in any way to a Rand Contra. Now, think about what that means. They spent over $45 million dollars.
0: Did you hear that? $45 million. And I'll have more of this in my article because, you know, I know this Iran-Contra stuff it has to do with the cocaine, has to do with the Clinton. See, Bush is a species of people that ran everything. But what he did was he got greedy and got his son really rich in the Middle East. And that was a problem. And he refused to relinquish control to the Clintons. This is how it happened because Bush was part of the whole Mina 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 Mina. Everything's happening in Arkansas, isn't it? (laughs) So he refused. So they were even trying to get Bush because he was reluctant to give it over to Hillary Clinton. (laughs) Because, <laughs> you know, just like everything, ruling family bloodlines don't like to, you know, concede kind of like the Spanish, the kingdom of Spain, the kingdom of England, the kingdom of Denmark. They all want to feel like they have equal footing, but each and every one of them think they're smarter than other people. Oh, and I just wanted to reiterate that just a fun tidbit that i totally forgot to tell you remember how i told you earlier about this trucking company and whatnot and it's down to the finance company that links to biden here's the really fun fact one of the managing directors who know he's the president and chief executive chairman of this finance company his wife used to be the ambassador the u.s ambassador for monaco and then biden swore her in as u.s ambassador to france in 2014 i just thought i'd throw in that tidbit just just a little bit, you know, Rock founders, just saying. So anyway, going back to this, I just wanted to tell you that just so that you see how well connected all these people are. And like I said, it's only a group of losers. They're a bunch of losers, really big fat losers that think that they're smarter than everyone. They look down at you. You're nothing but a commodity. They're more important. They turn their noses up to you. And they smile with saying, yes, yes, look at me. Look, I'm smiling. Look, I'm telling you what you want to hear. Look, I'm talking about this. Look, I'm telling you this. Look, let me mesmerize you. And then the media jumps on it and thumps on it. And then they mesmerize you even more to the point that you are just a sheep. I mean, there is going to be a time, because I'm seeing it, where people are going to come out and say, come on, man, are we falling for this again? they've done this before. Are we that stupid? No. But Hillary Clinton herself said it when she was running for president in 2008. People forget. Yes, they do. And you know who helps them forget? The media. Because we're not people to them. We're sheeple. And it's time we break out our tomatoes and don't even let them walk down the street without heckling them. Because this is what they do. They go after all the people, all the groups, all the independent individuals and private citizens that call them out. They will destroy you if you speak. But let's see. If I'm just by myself talking, I'm going to get annihilated. But if it's me and an army of people, it's really hard for you to break me down. It's really hard for you to shut me up. It's really hard for you to shut us all up. And this is why I say we must be together where one of us goes. We all have to go. So if we're all going in the direction of saving our nation and saying, all right, you're right. Our previous administrations have totally messed up the whole world. We created this facade of a climate change so we can have people pay more money so we can be richer. So this gap gets bigger. And that way we can enslave every man, woman, and child on this planet with your consent. And we did this. We get it. Our previous presidents all complied. Our previous administrations all did this. Our intelligence community did it, but we didn't do it. We, the people, the 400 million people within these borders that are not in Congress right now, that are not in the Senate right now, we were duped. Everybody was duped. Come on, France. Come on, Ukraine. You guys were duped too. Let's all work together and remove them and gut them. That is what we have to do. That is the ideal to do. And now we are seeing that the unity in the European Union has fractured in the next hour. You're going to see the war that I was talking about kicking off with Turkey just came to fruition. And we have to thank Kevin Kramer for blocking that bill. Because war would have been now, we would have had bombers heading out of Minot straight into Europe. So all of these are very relevant (laughs) with today's climate. So, speaking of wars and special fancy toys of spying, here's a new term that the right wants to use. It's called digital insurrection. The Clinton campaign. That's so sad. So, when are they going to change this to Obama? To Obama has been impeached. To what? Biden, he's been a spent card. We had everything we needed on him in 2018 and 2019. That card was burnt. Hence why it's posing now. So that card was burnt. It's posing. You know, the real war has already started. You are seeing revolutions across the planet. Right now, we've got NATO and the world dominant order saying, oh, Russia's bad. We all need to team up on this one. Now Soros is like, China's bad. That's because China's like, listen, all right, listen, we're Chinese. Word of advice to anyone ever standing in a battlefield that be digital or physical. I've talked about Cultural nuances. See, people forget this stuff. This is why the intelligence today sucks, right? People think that if they're good at their training for interrogations and whatnot, right, that they've got it all in the bag. I know what I'm going to say to get them to talk. And it's like, bitch, no, you don't. Here's two things. When we look at the two sizable powers to the United States, which is Russia and China, Russia has one core value, defend the motherland. China has another core value, conquer more. So when you look at the strategies of these nations, right, the Chinese aren't about, oh, we want to defend China. The Chinese are always about, let's expand. Let's take over Hong Kong. We're going to take... The, the Indonesian islands. Let's take over Malaysia too. Let's take, tick, 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 tick. I mean, they took North Korea from Russia. You know, tick, 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 tick. It's about expansion. It's about size for them. And why? Because it's ingrained in their DNA to do that. In their culture, it's about China getting bigger, China expanding, China being bigger. Right? That's in their culture. It's never about, let's defend China. No, we got enough people. We got 20% of the population. We can defend all we want. It's about expansion. And the bigger the nation, the better they are. And that has been, d- d- you can see that through all the dynasties. So China's about populate. Conquer, 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 conquer. Russia's not. Russia's like, yo, we got enough land. We're good. We got a good size. We're good. We got to defend the motherland. That's all. Their motto is defend the motherland. Another difference is Russia's Christian, super Christian, historical Christian. The religion is ingrained in their DNA. Every time they see an ambulance, they do a cross. I do that too because we're the same religion, right? Every time it's a holiday, you know, and it's, it, religion is inside of you. You are raised from zero to you until you die to be part, it's part of your culture, right? So when you're looking at your two biggest powers, right? Powers, and I'm talking about independent powers because collectively Africa is the most dominant. Let's be straight. They're just so discombobulated. They just haven't figured that shit out yet as a, as a, as a continent, but as a nations of Africa, right? Anyway, So, and the Arab nations, they're all split up too. Some got kings, some don't, you know, they're all bitching about each other. Thousand years wars, you know, they just bicker. They're like Republicans. They just can't get on the same page. So really, it's only the Russians and the Chinese that are really a threat, if anyone would say. But a threat to what? We can all coexist. So now it comes down to the fact that Russia's like, yeah, we're just defending the motherland And that's it. China's like, yo, we want to conquer. If you guys want to fuck about, we can step in. We'd be more than happy to take over. You know, so this is where we're at globally, right? And I want you to understand the cultural nuance, which is very important. That's one. So now we've got the European Union, a failed Nazi experiment, to enjoin all these various nations that do have eons of history together, but the eons of history together is fighting. Right, they don't like each other. Italians think they're better than the rest. They're a little bit salty, you know, and that's because the Vatican, you know, trying to weaponize religion and all, you know. And then we've got the Brits that are like, we're kings, we're queens, you know, and the Dan- and the Danes and the, and and the French and the Spaniards, and we we we're kings and queens. And it's like, dude, your line is done. That it's twenty twenty two. Stop. The eighteen hundreds are calling your name. Go away. Fifteen hundreds. Go away. So now, what had created was that these bloodlines, these royals, these self-proclaimed kings and queens took over the African continent, right? All of them speak like French or English or Danish, right? So they take over and they've... Discombobulated them, showing them shiny diamonds. Look here. So then they have their corrupt policies. So they've got landmass and influence. They've got influence. But they only have influence on losers. See, in the age of information, ignorance is a choice. And what the TV's not showing you is what's going on around the world. What's going on in France? What's going on in Spain? In Portugal? In Greece? In Italy? Right? In Holland? right? They're not showing you this stuff, right? The Swedes, I don't know what's going on. It's like so weird. Let's not get into the Norwegians and the Swedes right now. Let's just leave that for a latter time because it's, it's really creepy. So look at all those nations, Canada, Canada, who's like, you know, it's schizo as a country. We're French, but we have a queen on our money. But we're not French, we're independent Canadians with this leaf, you know, their government's all a mashup, right? And their money looks weird with the plastic thing. And they have totally deployed the social credit system with their aeroplane miles on everything from McDonald's to gas to toilet paper, right? And <clears throat> they're actually making waves. Why? Because they're on our borders. That's number one, right? And number two... You know, they always apologize, so they're kind of nice. And so we're seeing that their deployment of this experiment in Canada was fine, but the influence that the United States of America has on them, they did not expect. And the problem that we have right now as a nation is that we are indeed a melting pot. So we all can't get on the same page right it's like a schizophrenic nation we've got but at the core the one thing that we can all agree on is freedom and what we need to push is not the word freedom but free will and free choice now let's not bring into killing babies as free choice right We're talking about being able to choose to leave your house or not, to wear a mask or not, to work or not. I mean, if you don't want to work, you could just die, right? Because that's what used to happen in the olden times. No one was just handing out money because, you know, you want to get ear extenders and paint your hair the colors of the rainbow, and then you have too much anxiety to work. So you need me to pay for it uh, while you get all that hair done. But The fact is we're schizophrenic as a nation because we can't seem to get on the same page. And the common factor of not being able to get on the same page is the damn media, right, left, middle, upside down, polka dot, whatever kind of media you see, all they do, right. Is, um, uh, give you more things to be concerned about more, splitting of the people more fracture fracturing what the foundations of this nation was and it's like yo we may not all look alike think alike pray alike but we can get along because we appreciate each other's space and decision so this is this is at the core the fundamentals but we have the media with a bullhorn that says whatever they want with no check now, are we going to check them? No, we just need to stop paying them. But how do you get off of the hamster wheel? It's like Merrill Lynch be funding all these ads on their TVs. And it's like, why are we doing this? Why are we? So stop working with Merrill Lynch. You know, I actually sent an email to someone at TD, um, TD, what is that? Meritrade. Cause I wanted to close my poxy little account because they froze bank accounts for the Canadians. Like, no, I'm not okay with that. You don't deserve my business. Or how about today? Well, Example, this is how you take power back. Uh, And I was, and, and it actually worked out best for me today. I got my Tesla back in the morning, early in the morning. So I went to return my rental the enterprise p- person that was taking care of me had gotten the approval for my insurance my comprehensive side right until they figure out and the liability was taken by the other cars um that it was being paid he was like dude they're not paying your bill i was like excuse me he's like yeah you know they were like yeah it's only a 300 dollar damage i was like what uh. and i was like tesla just fucking wrote a bill of like 1800 because of the software and changing the bumper and stuff i couldn't even drive that car because of the sensors were telling me that as I was driving forward that I was running people over from my rear end and cars were running into me. So I couldn't drive because the car breaks for you. It does alarms. I mean, if you've ever driven a Tesla, you understand that. So anyway, and they sorted out the whole hacking issue too, by the way. So anyway, my insurance company, which was Allstate, um, you know, was paying for everything. And then they decided that they're not going to. And so I get on the phone with them. They're like, yeah, you know, we from the pictures. I was like, yeah, it's not a freaking car. It's a Tesla. It's a computer system. I couldn't drive the car. The bumper had to be changed. The sensors had to be altered. Like what are you doing? Who are you? Guess what? You're losing me as your customer because it wasn't even my fault and you're giving me shit. Imagine if it was my fault, how much shit I'd be getting, right? So obviously I changed my insurance starting February 20th. So I will be getting a refund from Allstate for that insurance. I just thought it would be, and guess what? My premium went down $300 by not being with Allstate for the six month period. So like literally my car insurance payment, I kid you not with a deductible, uh, for my comprehensive of 500 and collision a thousand monthly payment, 70 bucks. I'm not kidding. Like, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> right? Thank you, Lord. So it's like I got rid of them. I'm getting rid of them. They don't know yet because I want to craft a nice email and say, you know, she gave me a lot of shit as not being a customer that had an accident for being at fault and other people took liability for the accident. And then you didn't do your job. You decided, oh, no, we're going to pay it now. And I was like, you could- you're going to pay it. There's no question about it. This is why I pay for insurance, but you're gone and I'm going to make sure that they know. Why do I say this? This is escaping the consumerism wheel. You can't say, well, you know, I'll say to that point was, you know, I paid something like, whoa, same policy. I was $799 for a six month period. Cause I've never had a car accident in my life. Like seriously, like no dings on my driving record ever. Right. And so I would get all of the bells and whistles, like the car um, rental, the, the you know, comprehensive with like, you know, the lowest that I could, deductible, collision, I'll put something crazy like 1000 or 2000 because if I crash, it's my fault. I should pay for it, right? Anyway, I have zero points on my license. I mean, the only time that I actually had any driving issues was getting a criminal, it was actually a misdemeanor that was then pled to a criminal violation. And get this throwing fire materials out of a window. Yeah. Cigarette that fell out while it was raining and they wanted to give me a misdemeanor for that shit, for our cigarette going out the window. I kid you not. I had to plead that shit down to a violation. It was the most expensive fucking cigarette ever. Um, so (laughs) I was like, I'm going to lose my clearance over a damn cigarette out the window. Um, so anyway, and that's fact. That's the only time I ever had and turning, in the wrong lane. But other than that, you know, a ticket, but other than that, you know, I've never had anything. And you know, the fact that they were charging me $799 for a six month period and not even paying when I've done nothing wrong is the big issue. That's the hamster wheel. We can't just keep closing our accounts. Can we, are we going to keep moving our bank accounts? Do we just blacklist all of them when they're in ingrained? People are like, Oh man, F PayPal. They just ban people. Just by the way, even for my campaign, like I can't get PayPal or any, like I've been, my campaign has been declined the ability to accept payments online through it. I'm not kidding. So what do we do when they're in everything? They're easy. So we should use them. They're easy. So they're making themselves insert themselves in our lives. So that way they can ban you and you have no other option. This is fact. This is 100% fact. This is why these media companies are still out there making money and pushing bullshit because none of us can get off the hamster wheel because they control it. That's what I'm saying. They control it. And if you use something like, I, you know, I'm, I'm happy with my bank. I'm just going to say, I'm actually very happy with my bank, but you know, what next? I've seen people get banned from banks, um, you know, banned from, from almost anything. What stops them? What stops them from taking you completely out and putting you in the dark? People are like, let's go credit unions. What if they stop the ability of credit unions existing? Cause they said so. Credit unions don't have easy pay. They don't have Apple Pay. They don't have Cash App. They don't have Venmo, right? They ban Mike Lindell, right, from being able to payment process. His bank did. They, like, canceled his bank account when he makes some millions of dollars. So, like, what do you do? Like, what do you do at that point? At that point when they're like, yeah, I'm not servicing you. And then suddenly you're not allowed to have Verizon. You're not allowed to have Sprint or T-Mobile or AT&T. Yeah, you only get the Walmart shit. That's it. So when do we stop? It stops when we say so. The minute that people say stop, it ends. We're allowing them. We are allowing them to do this. We are allowing them to put us on this hamster wheel, consume their goods while they consume us. And this is why the media still exists. You're buying the products of those advertisements. You're pushing on those products for those advertisements. You're customers of those products for the advertisement. And therefore, you're stuck. This is it. I mean, a lot of people are, yep, I just deal with cash. And I got my little credit union. And it's like, all right. But what about your kids? They won't be able to have that in the future. They won't be able to have that in the future at all. That won't exist. And while many thought, oh, all this with the IRS, blah, 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 they're coming after crypto hard. And it's a good thing that the people that created crypto and have crypto um, have established contracts with the, uh, with the blockchain, they, they, Want decentralized economy, and this is the problem. You can't get rid of the media until you stop paying into the machines that fund them. And you know you have CNN, right? But CNN's owned by this and that. AT and getting your money. Direct TV's getting your money. Disney's getting your money. They're all getting your money from somewhere else to keep those motherfuckers afloat because they're not making diddly squat on money nobody's watching them. So they're literally funneling money from other things you buy to go in there. That's why they own so many companies. So you're stuck on this hamster wheel and you can't get off because if you're like, yeah, you know, I'm not going to watch CNN their ratings are so low. It's ridiculous. Nobody watches it. It's like 5%. (laughs) Like it could be negative 50 actually. Nobody watches them. So how are they still on TV globally? Because Disney, at and all these other companies that are part of CNN are funding the fuckers on CNN and keeping them going. They're literally paying you to watch them. They're making zero money on CNN. They're losing money. So the problem that we have is the foundations of socialism, which is what? The primary goal of socialism is to monopolize markets. This is where we're at. Big problem, big task, but we can take care of that. It's this time period that has to rectify it. You don't rectify it, it'll devour you. It's like, you know, that saying, uh, <laughs> "What is it? why are you drinking it if it's drinking you, right? Why would you drink tequila if it's going to drink you up? And it's going to mess you up, right? So why are we drinking or eating what they're serving when it's killing us? We need to get off of this. We need to get off this ride. New York Times is so freaking broke. They're living on loans and other people are bailing them out. Now your federal tax dollars bailed the fuckers out because nobody wanted to invest. Like This is the problem that we have. We can't get rid of technology because it actually assists us in getting things done to a point, right? And it's so ingrained in our culture, you know, you can't get rid of it. But then you can't even have any control over it because other the people that control your uh, digital identities, your digital profiles, your technology, all feed into the same monsters that put up the, the mainstream media. This is why you can't get out. And this is why they have that power. Because they own the megaphone. You're not going to be heard. You won't be heard. Because people are not smart enough. You can't wake up. And here we are with, you know, a digital insurrection. I mean, I think that's what we need to do. Not what they're doing.
8: Report: special counsel John Durham saying the Hillary campaign paid a tech company to infiltrate servers at Trump Tower and then eventually the White House. This all done in what is called an effort to try and tie former President Donald Trump to Russia. All right, let's bring in our panelists with reaction. We're joined by former Texas congressional candidate Siri Cybulski. Also with us, Newsmax contributor Tom Borelli alongside former Nevada GOP chairwoman Amy Tarkinian. Panelists, welcome this Monday, this Valentine's Day. Amy, this was a major development from the Durham investigation. What does it tell you about what was really happening behind the scenes in 2016?
0: That Trump was right and that the conspiracy theorists were not conspiracy theorists. And that it's actually worse than everyone had anticipated. The fact that you didn't just have people who were connected to the Clinton campaign, uh, you actually had people on the inside, people that probably president Trump trusted at one point. So I think this is going to be very telling. It's unfortunate that it takes so long to figure out who all of the bad players are, but, Um, I think karma eventually is going to catch up, and I do not see a Hillary Clinton for president run in 2024.
8: Tom Borelli, your thoughts on this as uh, uh, Hillary Clinton is scheduled to give a speech in New York um, for the Democratic Convention of the State. Uh, Does this change anything for the Democratic Party or even uh, a potential Clinton run in 2024?
2: Well, Sean, in the real world, it really should change a lot of things. And many people, I think, belong in jail because what we have was Hillary Clinton interfered with the 2016 election. And then after President Trump was elected, they start to remove him from office. This is a digital insurrection. And yet you would hear the Democrats always claim about voter rights and voter suppression. But in reality, it's the Democrats because all they care about is power they do not care about people they care about power and clint is the leader of that pack in the real world again she should be nowhere near running for president again and the big problem here is the media is protecting her once again i haven't seen one news article talking about this revelation from the durham investigation
0: and they're not that's the thing they're not the Durham investigation is not going to be there until people get rolled up. And, you know, when people get rolled up, they tell their own story. Let's listen to one of those stories before we go for this evening. Let's listen to one of the stories of being rolled up.
8: Okay, that is Brandon Strock, founder of the famous Walk Away campaign. You know him, he's a friend of uh, Newsmax, a friend of mine. I think he's great. But he got arrested in the aftermath of January 6th. He was there. He recently pleaded guilty to a uh, Class B nonviolent misdemeanor. He didn't break anything. He didn't hurt anybody. He never went inside the Capitol, but his life has been totally turned upside down uh, by the events that followed. So uh, Brandon Strock joins us right now. Brandon, welcome back. How are you? Good to see you. How are you feeling? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me, Greg. I mean,
1: let's go, Brandon. I'm back.
8: (laughs) You are back. All right. So listen, you pleaded guilty, a nonviolent class B, nonviolent misdemeanor, disorderly conduct. You have how many months in home confinement? Uh, I'm currently
1: wearing an ankle bracelet and I have three months of home confinement right now.
8: So look, tell us what it was like. You know, it sounds, okay, well, look, you're not going to jail. That's a good thing. You don't have to go to prison, but you were arrested. The FBI raided your home, and uh, you've been kind of in limbo uh, ever since. Uh, What was it like? Well, it's it's
1: been a really, really terrible and harrowing year, I have to say. I mean, I'm trying to, you know, remain positive and, and get through what I hope is sort of the final stages of this, hopefully but um yeah i didn't go inside the capitol at all in fact i was on the east side of the building which is a point that i'm trying to make clear as much as possible when i'm talking to people now because this is a a detail that's been missed a lot when telling these stories is that the violence that people are used to seeing and hearing about with january 6 happened almost exclusively on the west side of the building i was seeing none of that over on the side that i was at there were there was no window breaking smashing people scaling walls. I was uh, filming on the steps of the Capitol as the doors were open and people were walking inside. So it was very surprising two and a half weeks later when an FBI SWAT team came into my apartment at the crack of dawn, put me in handcuffs and took me to jail where I sat in 24 hour lockdown for several days uh, before I was finally released. And then this began what has been a year long nightmare. Uh, which ultimately re- ultimately resulted in me pleading guilty to a nonviolent Class B misdemeanor charge. There's restitution, 60 hours of community service uh, for a first offense, and um, and I, it bears mentioning too that thank goodness uh, this didn't happen. But the the government also requested, as a condition of my three-year probation, that they have the right to surveil my phone my bank accounts, my computer, my social media accounts, my email accounts for three years. Uh, But the judge did not grant them that.
8: Are there any other restrictions? I mean, we know that a lot of people were kicked off social media. You weren't on social media for a while. Are you free to make a free to make a living? Are you free to resume to the best you can after this home confinement is over your previous life? That's what I'm told.
1: And as of now, I'm going to hope that that continues to be true. But I have to be honest with you. I'm deeply concerned. I'm scared uh, because of the probation and because the jurisdiction of my probation is in Washington, D.C. i my my personal opinion is that I'm not dealing with people who are fairly minded right. and who who are treating people who support Donald Trump or have supported Donald Trump fairly. And yeah. so I, I'm very yeah. concerned that once I get back out and I begin working again, or even now, as I begin working virtually for the next three months, um, that perhaps my conditions will be changed or more punishments will be imposed. But I'm hopeful yeah. that that will not be the case.
8: We don't want that to happen. Brandon. Uh, we have to have you back soon and we'd like to have a, another, uh, conversation longer, uh, format and, uh, we appreciate it so much. Welcome home. Welcome back. Thank you and to be continued. Brandon Strzok, uh, great check to him be out. Back. you bet we'll be right Thank back. You Thank you.
0: It's Brandon Straka, not Strzok. It's terrible what he went through. You know, he's a handsome boy and he made some bad decisions, um, with the people that he was around and he got rolled up for it. You know, it only takes one split second to change your life. One thing that can happen that can change your life. Just one thing. It doesn't need to be a million things. It needs to be one thing. And for him, he's learned the hard way. And it's and it's hard. I mean, they wanted to get a legal right to surveil his stuff for 3 years during probation. That's heavy. I mean, I, I don't i don't know what you guys think but i think that's super heavy and really uncalled for but i will be praying for him we should all do and i hope that he can find his footing again because it's um it's quite scary if you think about it that things like that can actually occur and you can't do anything about it now, that is my singing child in the background. I will bid you guys a great evening. And I think um, maybe a good um, mashup is in, is called for right now. I think uh, we need something that can show us a little bit of more of why things happen. It's OK. Um, why things happen the way they do.